Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 342. More reviews, more news, more booze. Oh my god, that's a... I would... Why have you never <laughs> thought of that before? No. That's really good. I just came out of nowhere. You better write that down. Yes, I will afterwards <laughs> and I'll totally forget to write that. Um, had a couple reviews this week. Uh, X-Men Black, Emma Frost, uh, also Edgar Allan Poe, uh, The Snifter... Um, Snifter the Snifter, stories, yeah. Snifter like of that. Terror. Uh, then also read the Avengers annual Halloween special, which was great. And I reviewed, get ready, one whole book, <laughs> Sex Death Revolution number one. <laughs> uh, we got into our thoughts about uh, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Yes. Some other Netflix shows coming out. Some Hanna Barbera. DC crossover, which could set up something that just seems crazy enough that it would totally yes. work. And one crazy fucking comic books writer who may have gotten himself into more than he can handle. <laughs> so everyone, grab a glass, sit back, relax, enjoy Drunk on Comics Podcast episode 342, Decidedly Undecided. You can't live without us. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know how we survive sometimes as a yeah, species. I don't know either. I could, if it weren't for, you know, propagation of the species, I bet women could probably do just fine without men. I think they made a comic book about that. Probably. <laughs> so probably quite a few comic yes. books about that. Yes. They are the more intelligent of the species. Women? Of yeah. the genders. Yeah. I guess not of species. You're not a different species. No, but. we're the same species. <laughs> just different genders. I don't know. Sometimes I'm starting to question. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, there are some dumb fucking broads out there. <laughs> oh, so it was another fun week celebrating Halloween. Yeah. I love when Halloween is on a Wednesday. It gives you not only the Wednesday to truly celebrate it on, but the weekend before and the weekend after. Right. Yeah. It's always so great. And this whole time of year right now, so much things happening in the fall. Looking forward to next weekend when we go to Grand Rapids Comic Con. Uh, a lot of friends coming into town. We'll do our usual karaoke in one night. Um, also, our buddy Derek over at Comic Pros and Cons had set up a drink and draw at... Uh, Atwater. Atwater. Yeah, Atwater Brewery. Atwater. Yeah. Atwater Brewery is actually just right down the street from the con. Mm -hmm. So you can easily walk there from the convention. A uh, bunch of fucking awesome artists there doing quick sketches for you, including Dan Doherty. I would fucking... T 10 to $20 for these sketches. A uh, nice Dan Doherty piece goes quite pricey. Man, so. and you get to <laughs> sit down with the creators. Right. Um, Kaylin Smith, who will be at the con. We have Jay Fosgett coming in from out of town. He's not even going to the con. Uh, Jay Jaycott is also traveling. Um, Dan is actually going to be there on Saturday, but he's really not with the con. He's going to be hanging out with Dirk and right. and all of us and everything. So there's uh, that's just a handful of some of the first initial people that have signed up, but we have a lot more artists coming, and Derek pretty much told me to advertise the shit out of it so yeah well, it's a it's an awesome event and you know 
Derek left us, so we're we can be bitter about it if we want to. But he is very good at planning things. <laughs> that is true. In case you hadn't noticed when he left the podcast, he is very good at planning things. <laughs> so we look forward to next weekend as well, and yeah. hopefully uh, our listeners are going. I know I posted something on Facebook the other day, and some people saying yes, they're going to go. Of course, they're the the main players yeah. that I knew would be there anyways. Yeah, for sure, it'll be fun though. We always have a good time. Uh, lots of after con events. That's where it's at. All the weird, awkward, nerdy social interaction happens there. <laughs> <laughs> um, reviews this week. How about you start off? All right. So I, I, you know, read one whole comic this week. Go me. Um, from Black Mass Studios. It's actually been a really long time since I read something from them. So I thought I'd pop in and see what they had come out recently. I read a book called Sex Death Revolution. It's just an intriguing title, right? Um, it's a, you know, in true Black Mask fashion, this is a book that caters to um, maybe an audience that has been left out of most mainstream comics for a really long time. So the LB, L. GTBQ community because this is about the main couple. The main couple is a lesbian couple, but then you find out is it a lesbian couple because the main character used to be a man, so that she's transgendered main character for this title, which I thought was super cool. Um, but it's all about witchcraft, which I always find reading about enjoyable because it can make anything happen in a book even if it's based in reality and not, like, superhero worlds and mm -hmm. stuff like that. You add a little magic, and you can pretty much do anything. Um, but basically, with where this book starts is with the end of a coven. So you come into it, and uh, Esperanza, who is the main character, her she's talking in, a, in, a, in a, like a coffee shop to her girlfriend about how the coven that she was in just ended and how it ended badly. And throughout the book... You kind of, you get insights into her as a character, because like I said, even at the beginning, you just assume that she's she was always a woman, but they let you know in a very nice way throughout the book that she had a sex reassignment sort of thing, so now she lives life as a woman. Um, but it, the apparently this whole coven ending thing ended very badly, and little things start happening in the book that are changing her life. And they're so subtle that no, she doesn't, she it's feels... From, it's from like a botched magic well, thing? It's so, it's more like... Or is it the like, evil darkness coming in? It's more like somebody is manipulating her, her life to make things seem like things were her fault and that she's a bad person. And they're doing it in such subtle ways that it you don't even really notice because you don't know a lot about this character. So all of a sudden people are talking about how much of a bitch she is to her face. Well, ultimately, like, though, there is a uh, intelligent being behind this stuff probably, or it's the, probably you don't. Oh, you don't actually find out. Because, no. Like I was going to say, like, there's always the cost of magic. So then right. it's the unseen force, which will just always keep coming then. So. Or if it is an adversary, you can kind of... Right. When you find that out, you're like, oh, shit, it's that person. I'm assuming that this is... Because they spend a, a little bit of time talking about this other woman that was in the coven with them and how the end of the coven was her fault. 
Um, so I'm thinking it might be her, but that could just be a very clever ploy to make you think that it was this other woman and it ends up being something entirely different. But at the end of the issue, her girlfriend is the one who kind of figures out that something's happening because it, whatever is, is going on that's changing everybody's perceptions of this woman and like their memories of how shit went down is not affecting her girlfriend. So like she goes home, her girlfriend, they have a fight and her girlfriend goes home and she's talking to her roommate and she, and her roommate's like, I don't know why you're still with her. She's such a fucking bitch. <laughs> and, and she's like, you've never told me that you think my girlfriend is a bitch ever. When did you start thinking she was a bitch? And then she looks at a picture on a shelf and it's completely switched to the way, like it was a picture of the night they first met. And they show you the memory of when they first met earlier in the book. And it's completely switched around. Like, the, the, in, the, in, when they met, Esperanza was like the socialite princess and her girlfriend was like this badass witch. And in the picture, it's got it completely switched around where Esperanza looks like she was like the leather coat wearing badass bitch flipping off the camera. So like Grease, they switched. Uh, kind of, yeah. Except that's not how came it came together. Except like that's you not. it up, that's the main boom. <laughs> so that's not how it happened. So somebody's, somebody's trying to manipulate things to turn everybody against Esperanza. Um, the thing I like most about this, because, I mean, it's it's the first issue, so you're kind of just getting to know these characters and what happened, and you don't have a lot of history behind what happened before what's going on in this particular book. But the thing I like most about it is it's, it, it's masterfully written in a way where all these tiny little things that are happening to change the history, like, you can see them happening from an outsider, but it's written in a way where you would realize that the people that it's happening to wouldn't even notice. So, like, it's literally someone just switched something... In your brain, and all of a sudden you were like, Lindsay, that podcast we did last week was terrible, and it's all your fault. <laughs> like, no, it wasn't. It was your fault. <laughs> like, <laughs> something like that. But it was it was good, and I would I definitely want to see what happens uh, ongoing in this book. I, I like most of the stuff that comes out of Black Mass Studio, so I'm not surprised that uh, I enjoyed this at all. Um, the art in it is ridiculously awesome. I think that's one thing that Black Mask always has going for it is the artists that they get are on top. So, again, check it out. Written by uh, Magdalene Visaggio and illustrated by Becca Farrow. It's the other thing I like about Black Mask Studios. They use a lot of women. <laughs> so, that's my review for this week. My one lone comic book that I read. All that work I put into it. Reading it. I thank you so much for that. <laughs> you truly do carry the team. <laughs> so for my three reviews that I'm going to do, I'm going to quickly go through them, uh, mainly because two of them, uh, I don't like giving like bad reviews. They were good in some senses, but lacking in other things. I still think they're worthy to read, but it may be more for some people than the other. And one that I was truly looking forward to was X-Men Black. Uh, Emma Frost. Sure. And I figure since we've reviewed every single right. one of the why Blacks, why not just go through this one really quickly? And I had such high hopes for this one. Um, it was written by Leah Williams, uh, pencils by Chris uh, Bacalo, and a bunch of different inkers on different pages. And that's kind of where some of the, of the I don't want to say criticism, but I felt like watch seeing some of the, the art it didn't feel fluid. And I think it might be now that I'm seeing that there was like five different inkers. Granted, inkers 
would trace. Hers. trace. Don't <laughs> say that. Anchors are awesome. I and, and I and we always kid. Yes. Almost anyone it's in the industry Navy. will always. Everybody go watch yeah. Chasing Navy. You'll, you'll get it. <laughs> but they can kind of do some different shadings and kind of manipulate a little sure. bit to themselves how they would interpret the pages. Yep. So it didn't feel as fluid, which kind of pulled me out a little bit. Okay. But also some of the story... Because some of these books, you don't necessarily know where they're taking place. Right. I mean, the Juggernaut one was now-ish, but then it started off in the past and it was in his head. Um, who knows when the Mojo yeah, one was. Yeah, that one was. was completely... It seemed completely just... It Whatever. Could have, it could have existed yeah. at any point And these point are, time. yeah, well, they're one shot, so it yeah. could be anywhere. So this one has her becoming uh, the Black King, and I don't believe... Black King? Yes. Not the Queen. No, well, she's always been the White Queen before, but the right. Black King is the one that rules the Hellfire Club. Okay. So she goes to the X-Men for help, and I, like I said, I didn't necessarily like... She looked very young in the pictures, and mm-hmm. so I'm trying to place this where in continuity this is. And this looked like, like I said, a real younger Emma, but then again, what happens when comic books try to retcon, they won't say things. They'll just start making them look younger and right. gloss over the fact that this person's... 58 years old or, or whatever. Sure. So, with that being said, she eventually convinces the X-Men to help. They go through, but they are like, we, we need to know what the exact plan is. You're not going to pull something on us. So she's talking about how they need to kill the Hellfire Club then and there, attack everyone at once while she takes care of Sebastian Shaw, who's also hurting. Through a lot of other manipulation and... It was cool in this part of the story because it got towards the end where it kind of picked up a bit, which I liked. It shows her manipulation, her mindset of going through all these different floors with people, and she'll be like, make out, sleep, mm, fight. Yeah. And you just see like in the background these characters, when she's going by like a door, them start doing whatever she's saying with her psychic powers. And then, of course, when she comes up against guns, she turns into diamond form and their bullets ricochet off her. Right. And, so that aspect of it was also great. But at the end when she when all the other X-Men are doing their things, which they're a side part of this story, these people start giving them gift baskets saying thank you and it's like what? And then you understand Emma sent all these gift baskets to these other people who were part of the Hellfire Club for sure. Mm-hmm. But they all wanted change, and what they wanted was Sebastian Shaw dead. Well, and without it? having, <laughs> without having all these other uh, like distractions for him to to like be watching out there and not thinking, then Emma's gonna come for him. Also, that she had set up some other things within his hotel of fortressness. Sure. Uh, yeah, she goes in, she pretty much kills him, and well, actually, what she says because it wasn't on scene killed him. She pretty much gave him a drug that will, like, he can't move any of his muscles at all for, like, a couple weeks. Like, so he's just, like, a lethargic slug, can't mm-hmm. move at all. And she goes, I wonder how much kinetic energy you can eventually take before you just explode in a bloody goo. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I never thought of that. Yeah. But holy shit, they could just start hitting him with something. I wonder, because he won't be able to project it back. Right. His body is a battery only so much. I kind of want to now see that. See him explode. Yeah. yeah. But it gets to her saying how now she's going to be the, the Black King, which I, I feel like you say Black Queen, but there was Black Queen before, but there even was. then... Jean was the Black Queen. Yes, but there's... The King is the highest of all of them, right. so her just calling herself King. Yeah. She's taking over well, Hellfire Club. And, and I don't know if of... this has already happened, or if this is now, like, setting up within the X-Men realm, her doing that, 
I don't like when she becomes an evil bitch all the time. I like when she's a shitty teacher, but right. that character. We then get the conclusion to the apocalypse story, which it wrapped up in a way that it made sense in all the other shit. Him de-evolving, him needing new bodies, where they're located at, and then like a little bit of a, I don't know, is it truly the end? Dun, dun, dun. Mm. It, it was really good for an apocalypse story, uh, especially when you get in the mindset of when he realizes his brain is going away. Throughout the comic five-part issue, he had talked about how, you know, at least when his limbs or his body starts degenerating, he still has his mind. But when you see that, they show, like, a section of his, inside his head, his brain so big, and then it next, like, scene, it's, like, shrinking. Yeah. And that's when you know, and that's when he's, like, he can't think straight, not knowing. Right. And all he can think of is survive. So that's his, uh, has always been survival of the fittest has been his motivation. So sure. it was kind of cool that down to the basic form of anything, that is who he is. Right. It was a little bit longer of a review than I actually thought I was going to. <laughs> So I'll make this next one uh, short and sweet. So we have the fourth book that is out from Ahoy Comics. Mm -hmm. This was one that I really wasn't looking forward to. or Not not looking forward to. I didn't think I'd enjoy. And I kind of enjoyed. Uh, It is Edgar Allan Poe's Snifter of Terror, number one. Snifter. Now, it starts off with Edgar Allan Poe. And he's talking to you, the reader, as if you're in the room. And like I said, I... Before going into this, I just felt that it was going to be like a Tales from the Crypt a little bit, or any of those other, you know, um, Twilight Zone, yeah. stuff like that. And I mean, even their official uh, talking blurb of this is, uh, it's fresh twists that have never been grasped. It's all, it's like Treehouse of Horrors crossed with Drunk History crossed with Us Bottoming Out. <laughs> and I like that they have a little bit of self-depreci- self-depreciated humor deprecation yes that's the <laughs> word that i meant depreciated just going down depreciation yeah. yeah self-depreciation <laughs> so within this uh the first story is kind of where i'm like i didn't really enjoy it um and it 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 really kind of turned i was like all right maybe i'm not going to truly enjoy everything it was a case of m valdemir um yeah it was yeah it, mm-hmm. it, yeah, yeah. It was meh. Let's, and the, let's talk about the one you liked. So the one I like is called Tart Chocolate, written by Mark Russell, um, art by Peter Snedgeberg. S N E J B J E R G. That's a lot of sounds. Yes. <laughs> now this story starts off in the town of Chocolavania. So already in my mind, I'm just thinking, all right, chocolate count. Thinking about Count Chocula and the cereal. Of course. Holy shit, that is what this story is about. That's awesome. You have this Dracula-type character who is who has his cereal that he has people coming over for breakfast to eat. The Mar- Marquise de Coco. So, Count Chocula. Yeah. And, uh, you're introduced to two uh, younger kids, Franken and... Uh, and what'd you say? Bo? Um... And Bo later is, is asked if he wants blueberries within within his, which is like um, blueberry. Blueberry, yeah. Um, they didn't really go back into the Franken thing, but Franken 
Barry look pretty much like Frankenstein, yeah. younger person. Uh, at one point, there's a captain that shows up that looks just like the Crunch mm-hmm. Captain. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's Did a. Did he le- slice the roof of your mouth open though? That's the <laughs> <No>. question. <laughs> we then had there's a leprechaun in the in the background of one scene too. Uh, I'm sure there's a couple other serial characters that I just kind of missed through reading it, but I love that it was so on point that they had these beings in the same house eating breakfast when the sun's coming up and the vampire's getting weak because the sun is coming in and he just wants everyone to leave and there is an actual story besides the puns and everything of this where this one person kind of knew that Dracula could be hurt by the sun and was for for longing the breakfast so that people could sit there and then him be hurting in the sunlight so Hmm. uh, and at the end it was a little bit of a twist so because of that, I, I want more of that funny weirdness. I mean, I even like dark stories. I just felt like the other one was just not on point. Okay. So I will give the second one a try, uh, only to see you know two more stories, and then I can truly judge, because right now it's 50-50. Right. And the next ones, I hope aren't 50-50, because then I'll be like, I still I got to get one point more than the other. Do you think that they're going to do it so that one is kind of funny and the other one's dark every time? Well, this one was actually dark, too, and I won't even say it was funny. It was just funny in the sense of how they created the characters. Right. I, I do hope that they do a little bit, yeah, more absurd like that. I, yeah, but I don't know how exactly they're going to go about all these, but next month I will find out. Uh, third and final book that I have is the Avengers uh, Halloween special number one. Came out this year, okay. and since it's Halloween time, why not review that type of book? Sure. This book had five different stories, and I love books like this that go into quick short stories, you know, a couple pages in. Right. Um, the first one titled The Eye... Well, actually, I'll ask you, Lens. The Eyes Have It. So what kind of story do you think that is? The eyes have it? Yeah. What kind of story do yeah. I think Yeah, who's the character? Um. Actually, it doesn't have it because most of the other, other ones actually tell you who the people are. Oh. So the eyes have it is Matt Murdock. Oh. That we then have whatever sense. happened to the Richards family. Oh, that's fantastic. That's four. Four, yeah. The thing from another time. So that's the thing? No. Have you ever seen the movie The Thing? Yeah, the that takes place in Antarctica. Yeah, yeah. And who's the person that was trapped under ice from another time? Oh, Captain America. Yes. Okay. Uh, Punisher of the Opera. Well, that one's. And then Haunted Mansion. Okay, so X Men. Yeah. All right. So the eyes have it. Like, also going into these. Sometimes when people do Halloween special, especially with uh, bigger properties. They don't get very gory if that's not how those books are typically right. written. Uh, I didn't see a rating because they don't really do ratings anymore, but I felt this was a little more mature than what normal their books are because there was definitely blood cool. and slashing. Uh, with with the the eyes have it, Matt Murdock goes and gets eye transplants, and it kind of starts off, I don't know why I've never done this before, and blah, blah, and I'm thinking, oh my God. that doesn't make sense, but at the same point, I'm like, but it, wait, it's a comic book. They can just say that you can yeah. make donors and, and have new eyes sure when he first gets them and he wakes up he's looking at his room and first thing it's kind of funny he's like god i need to get an interior decorator <laughs> and, and foggy is there's no furniture in here and foggy's there 
And all of a sudden, like, he sees Foggy, and then he starts freaking out because he sees Bullseye in the background. And then Bullseye gets in front of uh, Foggy, so Daredevil throws some scissors that he had on his desk drawer there, and they go right through this thing and mm. into Foggy, and he's dead. And then <gasps> no! starts hallucinating with some other things, kills Karen, uh, goes through and kills more people. Wow. He then starts calling the doctor, freaking out, and then the doctor's like, I'm so sorry, he had, had my kids, that you know... They told me to put hallucinogen in your tear ducts, which you start crying when you see one of your friends dead. You're going to start crying some more, and you're going to start hallucinating a lot right. more. And all you see him is just him crying in the uh, bathroom. And in comes uh, Kingpin with a Negan bat you know, back mm, with Fire Rider. Mm-hmm. Pretty much going to kill him. He's, he's dead. So my question about this is, logistically speaking, if you kill one of your friends because you see a villain in front of you and you throw something at the villain and it goes right through the villain and kills your friend, why don't you call the doctor right then and there? Why do you have to kill more people before you're like, something's wrong with me? Maybe he's freaking out so much. Think- then he- How would you know, though, if it's so real looking? Yeah, but it went right through him. <laughs> Doesn't... Okay, so then... And then all the writer has to do is be like, ah, and you didn't realize that I was really a villain and you just thought I was a... <laughs> I'm just saying, I would have called the doctor right away. <laughs> so that one, I thought, and that's that set the tone of, like, this is what yeah. it's going to be. It's going to be a little more bloody, a little more dark, and they're not going to be the, you know, Spider-Man telling some stories to some of the other Avengers of, like, some scary thing. Because sure. sometimes that happens, too, in Halloween specials, and right. it's a one-off, and we got scared over nothing. Uh, the next story with the Fantastic Four is uh, set kind of in the time that they had come back from space, so... Right, right then and there, they got their powers, they're talking about it, they're being interviewed, and Doom's like, that's not Reed. So Doom breaks into the Baxter building and starts killing uh, Johnny, then Ben, and then Reed, and is asking where Sue's at. Couldn't find Sue, but in the whole time he's telling, like, you are not the Richards family. Even when I said this, you would not have asked that question to Reed and saying something else to Ben, just deducting why they aren't who they are. Right. So he doesn't necessarily know exactly what, like I'm thinking maybe they're, they're going to be the scroll or something, mm, mm-hmm. but he eventually then is looking for Sue and then the real Avengers come in. He gets knocked over the head with Thor's hammer and he gets captured. While in his jail cell, Sue shows up and because no one said they could find her, she eventually shows her true form, which as you're looking at the back to her, it looks like, you know, there's like weird tentacles coming out of her face and everything so she's some sort of probably demonic monster i don't know sure something from space but she tells him that when they're gonna take over this earth but we're letting you live because uh and he's like well i'm gonna escape you know i will i will i'll never get out she goes well i'm gonna make one other uh cell uh, force field for you more cell in this and up goes a little tiny bubble force field into his brain to give him a stroke oh wow and she goes so then she goes, and he's kind of just shaking then, and it's like, and we know that you will eventually relearn to talk, relearn to walk, because you are Doom, and at that point, you will then realize you are the last person on Earth, and then kind of left that... Isn't that kind of what he always wanted anyway? No, he doesn't, no, he wants to, I mean, he thinks that his way is the right way, he doesn't want to be the last person on Earth, but that's holy shit, you now have this knowledge that this person is not who she says she right. is. And even though he killed three out of the four, there's still another one that's going to go off doing these things. Wow. I was like, holy shit, that was also really dark. That's interesting. They had the powers of them too, though, then. 
Yeah. So it's... Have they ever talked about how Sue has that ability to give people fucking strokes like that? That is genius. Because she put the... Yeah, I know. I get it. Bubble. I get it. But I've never even considered that as being... Oh, she could... She could put a force field over someone's and head and stuff. Yeah, 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 Or yeah, crush yeah. them because she can manipulate right. the... Oh, I know. I know she's more powerful than we all think she is. Mm-hmm. Um, I just never thought about that yeah. as being something that she could... It's a good thing she's not a bad guy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I will say uh, the Captain America one was pretty much is what you would think of the thing if you've ever seen mm. that movie and the people that went to go find him. And it, it too, was also... Uh, it was him just being thought out. So it was also... I mean, these are all, you would say, Elseworld, other universes. They're not yeah. continuity, especially with how they end anyways. But within this one, the background of Tony knowing his dad, one of his weapons that he created was down here. But then Tony... Or then Steve first now realizing, oh, this is the same armor your dad used to try to capture me and blah, blah, blah. So you know that he wasn't part of the Avengers or whatever. This is where the story takes place of him just being thought out right. of, of ice. Encino Man style. Yep. Uh, the Punisher of the Opera. If you've ever seen the, the Phantom of the Opera. Sure. It is straight up that except for Christine and Raul are the bad guys who killed Marie, Punisher's mm. wife right. and family, because she was the head and Christine wanted to be the head of the opera. And so then now you have, at the end, him showing up and saying, like, you know, my Marie was right. Love is eternal, but sometimes it's vengeance or something. Okay. Uh, really interesting yeah, take. Yeah, that is. That but is it, was a, it was almost like, I wish it would have been a little bit a full book, because it was so quick. Did he wear a mask, and was it half of the punishment? Half, half a skull. Yep. Yes! All right. Yes. <laughs> that would have been a lost opportunity if they did not do that. Yep. <laughs> and then the the last one, obviously, Haunted House. It's two kids trick-or-treating. Um it seems to take place uh, in a future where mutants, I guess, mostly are gone or something. Okay. Because it's it's the Xavier Mansion and... Like when, abandoned. Yes. Yeah. And one of the kids falls in and then you just see all these bad guys. But then this girl's able to pull them up from this hole with some her super her mutant powers. And there's a Wolverine... Well, then there's some heroes too. So like there's a Wolverine and all these other people. And then she's talking like, are you ghosts? And... She's like, he's like, uh, yes, you know, that's what we are. We're not here anymore. And she goes, well, trick or treat. And so he goes, both. And then I'm like, I don't know what that means. But then it shows uh, Cerebro's helmet there. And Mm -hmm. I'm like thinking, oh, this new mutant girl. Because then she's explaining to her friend of I'm a mutant. Because he kept talking about the stories of the monsters that lived here. Mm. So it's kind of a now he can be a friend with this mutant. And then it looked almost like there's hope because she always said this mansion was hope sure so her finding cerebro could be her reaching out to other mutants all in the mind of whoever's reading and thinking oh that's the way the story could go that's how i interpreted it i just thought it was a really good story and overall these were a little too short for my taste because i wanted a little bit more i wouldn't mind more like this yeah i like good shorts like they i think they always kill it when they do these collections because they have such limited space that they're they're really trying to jam a whole story into a couple pages. Yeah. Um, I do want to talk a bit about some Netflix stuff. A bit. And one of the things is Daredevil's viewership has dropped by fifty seven percent. Wow. That's why that's why Aaron Fitz and Luke Cage got canceled. Because their viewership dropped 
fucking a lot. Even though Iron Fist was better in the second season, it still dropped a shit ton from the first season. And, and I, had, I just have a feeling, though, that maybe it's... Okay, the first time it came out, everyone was ready to watch it when it dropped. Yeah. Maybe this time of year, maybe there was a big football game on a Saturday, so no one had watched it that quickly, and people are slowly going through it. There's many different factors to that. That is a huge drop, though. Yeah, it is. And I don't like seeing those numbers, because there's been talks about how, uh, is is that going to be the next on the chopping block? And like I've said and speculated, Netflix does not want to get rid of these shows, unless maybe there was a behind-the-scenes buyout back from Marvel. Right. But I doubt it, because they seem to be investing even more into other shows as well. But this doesn't sit well with probably the execs thinking, well, is this the route we want to take? I hope not. Um, I haven't made it through all of Daredevil. And it did start slow, which might have been the issue, right? It, is if, you don't, if you don't capture viewers' attention with, within the first couple of episodes, there there's a lot of people who won't finish them. And I know you finished the whole thing, and I know it gets better as it goes on. Mm-hmm. And I just urge people to fucking stick in there and, and, and you know... It doesn't have a fucking hallway fight scene or that fight scene in the stairwell or anything that, like, really gets you talking, but the acting in this show is so good. I know. Fucking, we talked about it just a couple I, weeks ago. It's just so good. I mean, I, I blame the shows that got canceled on Thanos, because <laughs> half the shows got they, canceled yeah, and half they, the shows they are still there. they disintegrated. I see. That's Perfectly a, balanced like all things should uh, be. That's a good theory. <laughs> um, what I really want to talk about though is Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Sure, I power watched that this past yeah, week. Yeah, I did too. So it's so damn very good. good. I, I I I almost I mean it's so good that I have no criticism except for I do wish that it was a, even a little bit more darker. Yeah, but I don't know how as you were saying too it could have been more dark without it being R. And yes, you're right. I can't just think of me right. where I can take it. Right. It's a more general everyone audience, yes. and even then. Kids shouldn't watch this. That's for damn sure. Teenagers, yes. Yes. But it this is... is not a kid, not your friendly no. uh, teenage no. witch. Neither is, like, Riverdale is even, I think, you know, like, I wouldn't let a, a anyone who's not a teenager, anyone that's younger than a teenager, I would not let them watch Riverdale, because it is, it is a little darker. <laughs> but it's a little Twin twin peaks Well, I mean, there's some, but... there's some straight up death. Yeah. And, like. Nice, nice to the throat, and yeah, it is. It's a very it. It's not as dark as the the comic book Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, um, but I think I think it's a little better than the comic was um, because the storytelling is so much more co- cohesive. Uh, fucking good though, like so easy to just power through. It was so good. I just I, part of me too though. The way it ended, I was like. No, I wish that didn't happen, but I'm like, I'm okay that happened because I'm sure there's going to be some other yeah. ramifications for it. Love how she got her white hair. Yep. That was also interesting. Yep. And just the characters all in all are awesome. They're intriguing. They're multidimensional characters. which Very much so. You would hope any show that you watch has that, but it's really easy for comic book characters, especially based on comics from the Archie era, which those characters were tropes. When they were originally written. Um, and these characters are not tropes. They have fucking all kinds of sides to them. Her, Salem, 
the way she gets Salem in this. In what Salem and is. And what Salem is and what he can do is fucking awesome. The way that he, they still make it so that they talk to him, but the cat's not talking, like in the the Melissa Joan Hart yeah. show. Like, it just, it works. Her cousin Ambrose, like, his story is super intriguing, and I like how they don't even really get into it until later, and you're like, what did he do? <laughs> and I'm more curious, like, if I hope in the next season, they already actually are filming the next season. Yeah. They've already started knowing what a hit they had. So instead of waiting for, they got greenlit right away. I think part of that is the transition of waiting for this next Stranger Things season. They're realizing we should not have so much time right. in between shows. So let's know when they're a hit. Let's get them going right away yeah, for next season. You don't want people to lose interest. Now, I, I will say that uh, what one thing that I had uh, kind of thought of, and even when it's called the, the Kane uh, Pit, the where they have their cemetery and everything mm-hmm. that both her aunts seem kind of like Cain and Abel from the Sandman universe. Okay, where they're always trying to sure. kill each or the, other the, for the Bible. They're yeah. or from the Bible. Yes, but <laughs> but that's only one killing. Where yes, within, that's fair. They kill each when other when he comes back. Yeah. He's dead again. Right. So I thought that was kind of a cool. The, the killing in Sabrina is very well, one sided. I, I also like too when Harvey was. Well, yeah. <laughs> When Harvey was talking about, well, I mean, it is in the same universe too. Uh, when Harvey is talking about drawing comics and everything, and they name drop some people like mm-hmm. Morrison and Gaiman and everything, I was like, that's kind of cool, you know? Yeah. Real, real world effects sure. of, of who these people are, and yep. I'm very. Uh, what time? What time frame do you think this is? It's modern. Modern. Yeah, for sure. They have cell phones and stuff. Oh yeah, they did yeah. have cell phones. Yeah, I was trying to. You always, I always look for cars. Yeah, and I mean, they, I didn't see any super new cars, but then again, too, that could kind of place it even within the next ten or past years. Or right, it's um, we actually like when we were watching it, we actually had the discussion because Josh assumed that it took place in the past, and I was like, that's what I thought too as I was well. Like, dude, they got cell phones. This takes place like now. Um. But they do it in such a way where you would have no idea. If they didn't have those cell phones in there, you would I don't think you would have any idea and when it, it takes place. And I think they don't there are different times in history that kind of group together a couple, you mm-hmm. know, span of ten you know, a decade or so. Sure. And that's where I do feel that they were trying to go for that aesthetic of you don't need to necessarily know when as you said, it's modern times. Right. It's not past times. Yeah. Yep. Which even though I did, like I said, now that you brought up the cell phone thing, I was like, the it could be thing. the 80s. I mean, it could be the 90s. Yeah. But it probably more or less is the uh, 2000s. They, yeah, they were, there was a lot of texting going on. Um, but, you know, that's literally your only cue. I mean, there's probably a couple other things where you know it's not set in the 50s, but it could have been set in like the past three decades, except for the cell phones. So yes, everyone definitely go out watch that. I've convinced, sure. I've convinced successfully five of my friends who just kept thinking, I don't know, and I'm like, tell them this, this, and this, and then someone texted me like, I watched the first episode and so good. It, well, I want to even say the first episode got me hooked. The second episode, I think, if it was when she was bringing up on the trial, or maybe it was, yeah, it had to been the second, maybe the third. I think the trial was a little bit further in, maybe the third one. Well, she almost had. Well, yeah, it might have been the third one. Because I mean, cause she, she was already started. Because the, the trial happened after the baptism. 
Oh, maybe that's something in the baptism and yeah. then the trial. Yeah. yeah. And the baptism was first and then second. Yeah, it, it, it took him a while the... to get through the whole baptism. Yeah. Um, and then the, the Daniel Webster thing, just like, what a fucking brilliant idea. Like, that him adding him for that character for that one episode, just so smart. If you know any of that sort of lore, you know, mm-hmm. it was just really good. Oh, man. I hope that. It's, I hope good things good. keep coming. It's going to uh, be good. I, know, I haven't got to watch the Castlevania season two yet, but uh, all my friends have told me that it's also superior as well. So kudos, Netflix. I'll take their opinions on that one. Yep. Oh. <laughs> well, one thing that I'm very hesitant about, hopeful about, but when I tell you what it's about and who's in charge of it, I'm sure I could guess your your answer. Okay. So there's planning to be an Attack on Titans live action uh, movie from Hollywood. Japan has already done one, and it was terrible. Terrible, but okay. Like there's certain things that you can take that are pluses and minuses when you do a foreign film. Sure. As this scale. But Warner Brothers is in charge of this. Okay. I don't have any faith in anything yeah. Warner Brothers does. Yeah. I have a feeling that it's going to be 90% humans, 9% wall, and then 1% <laughs> Titan. Titans. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, they could go that way. It would be a lot cheaper to do that Exactly. Movie. And that's yeah. like, no, put the money in and, and it would, if you make a good product. Right. They will come. Right. I, oh. I'm very, like, I think that it could be what, but then they're going to try to do a PG-13-ish, probably, which you can get away with PG-13 you in sure this. sure can, yeah. But you need to look at what kind of PG-13 movie you're making. It's more for the adults, not for the 13-year-olds. Right. Or the happy medium, you know, 20 Yeah, just like, say fuck once and you're fine. Well, not even that. <laughs> no show penises. Some, you can show some blood and, no and do some things. Yeah. like. Don't make it as childish as you can to right. try to appease that demographic because then you alienate the other one sure. when that demographic probably... Is this property even still hot? Like, yes. I feel like the hotness of this died down a little bit. It did because that this third season has taken so long to make that it uh, it's now been released in Japan, which it's still hot over there then because it got released. Plus, the manga's still going on. Sure, okay. We don't have the English dubbed yet. We just have the subtitles, which... Watch I subtitles, people. Fucking A. Just learn to I read. I can't... No! <laughs> I like watching the action while hearing things. I can things. do both. I can't because I always, even when I'm watching an American like the version of something, yeah. but somehow subtitles are there. I just keep reading. I'm I love reading. Yeah. In general, so I'll just start reading what people are saying. Yeah. You but then I miss the action. You I can't don't see... read it quickly and then see what's going on. See, I read very fast. Oh, I read very fast too. But then I'm just waiting for the next words oh. to show up. <laughs> I just get lost in reading. <laughs> that I'm like reading, reading a movie. You're gonna train yourself better on that one. Yeah, that, well, that's I, I train you know. myself. I know that I don't want to do it. So <laughs> with anime, the English dubs are a little a little easier to swallow because you don't have to you don't have to dub over actual people. You know, I movie movies like live action movies dubbed over in English those drive me crazy. <laughs> Well, talking about it right now, I found finally a dubbed version of One Punch Man. Yeah. Holy fuck, that show is hilarious. Connor, lo- Connor really likes that yeah. show. Um, 
Speaking of Warner Brothers, go over to DC where, yet again, we have another awesome crossover. At least DC is killing it in their comic books. We have the um, Hanna-Barbera crossovers with uh, DC, which the last crossovers they had were the Looney Tunes universe. Mm -hmm. Now we're getting back, and I'm kind of liking this, a couple times a year that we're going to have crossovers now. Uh, These have been great and on point. And I unfortunately haven't gotten to read any of them yet. However, uh, just one of the titles I know, Yogi Bear and Deathstroke, they're pretty much fighting zombies within within the book. So yeah, zombies and what from what I understand, genetically modified animals is another thing. Well, that's where Yogi comes from. Well, so supposedly there's these two evil scientists that are genetically modified animals that exist in Jellystone. National Park, and that's kind of like where the team up happens. Is they're battling these things, but this book also leads into a big maybe, which is maybe there's going to be a crisis event that occurs in these crossovers, and then maybe it might happen in a Laugh Olympics style setting. Which I don't know if you ever watched the Laugh Olympics. There was only two seasons of it. Oh, I, yeah, for sure. But I feel like even though there was two, they got replayed a lot. Um, and they were kind of the nexus of where all these Hanna-Barbera cartoons would kind of come together in like an Olympic-style game where they would compete against each other. And supposedly, in this Yogi book, there's even a mention of the Laugh Olympics. So it sounds like maybe they could be exploring this option as doing like a giant crisis type event with this crossover series, which I think would be fucking amazing. Because if there's one thing DC can do well, it's a good crisis. I would definitely (laughs) look forward to that. Well, like I said, all these books are great that I'm totally on board. Yeah. Uh, One thing that I'm kind of on board for, but I feel like they need to give this a rest a bit, is another Old Man Logan treatment. Sure. And we, we now have Old Man Hawkeye. Yep. We have Old Lady Harley. Yeah, but that's DC. That doesn't count. <laughs> uh, we now have an Old Man Quill. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, they're successful. Why not keep going? If it makes sense. This one I'm really intrigued by, though, because the Old Man Logan makes sense. Because he doesn't he ages very slowly. Like, even the Hawkeye one, because that was a prequel, you said. Yeah, to... but it wasn't too much prequelish. I mean, maybe a couple years sure. prior to what happens to Old Man Logan. But, because, I mean, in Old Man Logan, it had a lot of the key players anyway. So, yeah, it's not too, like, I think a couple, 40, 30 okay. years in the future-ish time. So, most everyone would be older, but comic books age differently. Right. So then Quill, this is supposed to be a... After. Yeah, a sequel. So, I, I mean, he's going to be fucking old. <laughs> It'll be really interesting to see Peter a Peter Quill-type character who's kind of more funny and bumbling than anything, like, as an old man. Oh, my... Actually, that would be great. Now that... Yeah. Spacewalker. Oh, my God. It would be really interesting to see. And I hope that they take it in a way where they don't make him, like, have gotten serious in his old age or, like, sad because everyone's dead. Like, I feel like you need to keep that character a little bit light in order for it to work as well as it does. So, you know, I hope that, you know, he's the type of old man who makes fun about how his balls are hanging so low to the ground and stuff like <laughs> that. That's the old man Peter Quill I want. <laughs> oh, uh, last thing that I, I have is being, uh, 
drawn into a comic because I'm going to vote. Yes. So Charles Soule, fucking master writer Charles Soule, who's working on a bajillion different projects right now, a bajillion, has made it known through Twitter that if you vote on Tuesday, everyone go vote on Tuesday, um, he will write you into a comic however you want. That's the part where I feel like him saying however you want is is kind of the, the crux of this whole thing. Because right. he even tweeted later on of, like, you are all heroes, so everyone who votes is a superhero, being like, okay, you could just easily put in, like, a couple people generic. Or you could honestly... How you would know it's you, that he could make a bunch of different, like, uh, sizes of people, colors of people, hairstyles of people... And kind of put them in a row going to vote in, in a comic book and then just have it go into oblivion to where yeah. like there's just a bunch of like shades in, in the background. You're in there. You're, you're back yeah, there. Yeah, except he said however you want. So, Charles, what I want, because I did vote, I voted absentee ballot. My voting's done. What I want, since you're doing uh, the Wolverine book right now, is I want you to write me in as Jean Grey somehow. <laughs> I don't think, though, that it's just, uh, yeah, how's, he's yeah, not going to do it, that. And that's, okay, he'll have a Halloween his, party well, and his, he'll be that's, dressed as... That's fine, that's fine. That's his fucking way to figure it out. He actually says, wow, this is blown up a little bit. I don't know why he didn't expect, like, he's got a huge fan base. I don't know why he didn't expect it to be, like, Yeah, I don't huge. know either. Well, he, he, he came back, like, the next day and goes, so, this took off. yeah. He's talking about how it's going to take him a couple years to get this finished, and then he goes, that's Wednesday, Charles's problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just now vote. Yeah. And even then, he's encouraging people to vote. I feel that if anyone, this got them to go vote, then not vote. What is wrong with you that you wouldn't go vote? And I really don't care if he drew me in or not, but... Everyone vote. Go vote. It's, it's literally like your one civic duty as an American citizen is to vote. Go fucking vote. <laughs> it's not hard. Just go do it. Yeah, that's all I have. Um, I don't, I don't. You covered most of the news I had. I don't think I have anything more interesting than that. All right. You got booze in a book. I do. Um, I'm going to start with the booze because I'm fucking obsessed with this beer. So there's this brewery called uh now I've lost it. Um nowhere in particular. And they, well, well, what's it called though? It's called Nowhere in Particular. Well we know it's location. <laughs> no. But... It's nowhere in particular. Um and they're doing this thing that they're calling the Nowhere in Particular Promiscuous Ale Project. And they do their beer in batches. And when they're done selling that batch, that beer is never going to be made again. So it's limited edition beer, kind of like comic books, right? You get batch number five, and once batch number five's gone, you don't get any more batch number five. Um, the one I'm particularly obsessed with now is batch 26, Beer Sickle, which is like a beer orange sickle. It's so good. <laughs> it's super orangey, and it does, it tastes like a creamsicle. And it's a sour, so, I mean, there's people who aren't fans of sours. If you're not a fan of sour, you're probably not going to enjoy this, but I think it's fucking fabulous. Um, so that beer, go pick it up if you can find it. Uh, I'm pairing with Ice Cream Man number eight. I mean, 
pretty much it's, it's pretty obvious pairing ice cream man is a uh anthology series once the, when it one story's done it's done forever kind of like this beer um the this last issue however a little less anthological anthological did not really fit into the anthology format um as much as the other ones have and there wasn't there wasn't a ton of story to it, actually. It was mostly about these uh, EMT people driving around in their ambulance, uh, popping pills, bringing out the dead style, and not helping anybody. And as they're driving around, shit's happening around them, and they're not fucking doing anything to help whatsoever. And they actually, I think, tie in a bunch of the stories from before, which is weird to do in an anthology series, but you can see characters from the previous, you know, going through whatever pain they were going through, like... In one of the scenes, there's the guy that was hallucinating all kinds of stuff, thought he was getting covered and eaten by bugs. You, there's a picture of him just lying on the ground covered in bugs and drives right past him sort of thing. So little, a little bit of a change for this for this book. Still really fucking good, and the art is always good. But definitely pair those two together. Definitely drink this beer. All right. Well, with that, the show is over, uh, but look forward to next weekend at Grammar's Comic-Con, so stay thirsty for more convention stuff. And go vote! That, too. 